Welcome, everyone, to the Sailorville podcast. This is uh, Pastor Paul Seymour. I'm one of the elders here at Sailorville Church with you this afternoon and uh, or morning or whenever you're listening to this. And uh, joining me today is Pastor Pat Nemers. He's our head guy around here, uh, also behind the, the board over here, Tanner Archer. He's producing today and glad to have you guys here today. And uh, we're going to talk about this past Sunday. Uh, Pastor, we've been in a series on the book of James and uh, real practical help for Christian life. The Proverbs of the New Testament. The Proverbs of the New Testament. We've been going through that. It's been really good, but you decided to take a detour. You, as you put it to me, you're going to call an audible and uh, at the goal line here and, and take a detour. And we did this past week. Why did you feel it necessary and important to go off the script a little bit this week? Well, I thought we would get more shares on Facebook. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it does actually work that way sometimes when you do things like this. It seems like people take note. Uh, actually, um, there is a quote I came across uh, many years ago from Martin Luther, of all individuals, who, speaking to preachers, said, if I profess with the loudest voice and clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God, except that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that quote is what has driven me to, uh, to call the audibles that I've called over the years, and I've not called many of them. Right, hasn't happened too I, often. I actually thought, I did one a couple of years ago. Remember that F4 tornado that went through? Oh, uh, yeah. Winterset killed a number of people, yes. and uh, a lot of our people were going down to it. It happened, it was a very local tragedy, mm-hmm. and really kind of a contrast to the tragedy that I preached on on Sunday, because that tragedy that I preached on Sunday had moral implications. The, the tornadic situation was not a moral thing, but it was a tragedy just the same. And everybody was, uh, almost everybody was thinking about it. We had people we were sending down there. And, um, you know, I pulled an audible the very night before uh, and preached on it. It went pretty well. I don't know if it was, I mean, it, people responded to it and they seemed to appreciate it. Not nearly as much as the one I, I called here uh, just the other day, but the basis was the same. It was a, the world was put on alert, as most of our listeners know, just eleven or twelve days ago now, mm-hmm. when the radical Islamic um, terrorist Hamas, uh, uh, and they are based in Gaza. You know, Hezbollah being the ones based on the northern side in Lebanon. Uh, they're all like, I, I mean, our listeners just think ISIS. That's a that's a you know that's a word that a lot of people are familiar with. That they're they're of the same stripe, but they're of the same vibe. They are terrorist uh, by definition. They don't care about law. They don't care about uh, you know just the basic instincts that men have. And uh, we saw that on full display when they when they surprise attacked southern Israel, twenty two towns killed 1,400 people, slaughtered people right, left, and center in the most horrendous of ways. And we don't need to detail those over this podcast, but I think most of our listeners know that. And as a result, I was uh, very passionate about it, about addressing it, since that was what would be on our people's minds, and indeed it was. Um, 
And the scripture that came to my mind instantly, I mean, it literally came to my mind was Zechariah 12. I hadn't looked at Zechariah 12. I couldn't remember the last other than just, you know, through a Bible reading program. Yeah. Uh, but I just, it came to my mind. I went to it. I just began to meditate upon it. And I knew within moments I needed to make that switch. And I think you were one of the first people I called because mm -hmm. I knew you would be, you'd have to make some switches yourself with the yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, we were actually at a uh, men's retreat that last weekend there. And we had a wonderful Friday night of the men's retreat and then woke up Saturday morning and I kind of groggily walked into the, the chapel there getting ready for music in the morning. And Doug showed me his phone and said, do you see what's happening? I was like, man, oh my goodness. And then I sat down next to you a little bit later and, and, and you had already gotten wind of it and everything. And so we've been, we've been going back and forth, you and I, uh, yeah. for a while now. And, um, it, since that morning, that conflict actually, and, and we've, we've always talked about things, political in nature, you and I as well. We, that's kind of a, maybe a hobby horse, a little bit of mine. And yeah. I know you enjoy it too. And, and even things, uh, in terms of history and war and things, you're a world war two guy and I'm a big civil war guy. And so there's just things of interest, but you've been really passionate about this in particular. And I think it's, it struck a chord with me as well. Um, this particular terrorist, terrorist attack and, and war. And can you just say, just speak to a little bit why you're so passionate. Why does it cause that fire to, to come up in you? Yeah, this is more personal than it is biblical probably, but I have, uh, I have long been um, interested in what happens in the Middle East and Israel particularly, even before I became a Christian. So we are talking 40 years ago. I was a young, young, very young man then, and uh, but I followed what was going on, and uh, post uh, Yom Kippur, where I was just a, I think a seventh grader or something like that. Uh, maybe I was a freshman. I think I was a freshman in high school when the War of Yom Kippur took uh, place. But I've always been interested in, it. and then of course becoming a Christian, as I mentioned at the end of the message. I mean, this, I I let that come out that this, it was it was the prophetic aspects and these pray the prelude. The prophetic things that happen, I call prelude, in this case, prelude to Armageddon, that I think God uses to get us to think about eternal things, futuristic things. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says God has set eternity in all of our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so as uh, so, if you're not a Christian listening out there, you, you have eternity in your heart. And I had that, mm -hmm. and that was the very thing that drove me towards spiritual things. So to be candid, I don't criticize our friends um, in the evangelical community who take um, uh, views of of end times uh, different than me. Uh, we have friends out there who are, we call them preterists. They think that the book of Revelation is all done. Mm -hmm. It's all symbolic stuff. It's allegorical. I disagree with them. Uh, okay, we we disagree, but I uh, I don't take kindly to when they make fun of it because not only do I believe it's true, it was the very thing that drove me to eventually to the cross itself. So that's what makes me really passionate about these things. And so this particular conflict, as you bring up, just it's the first time in fifty years that something like this has happened, and it's the first time in my in my life as a Christian that I have had a front row seat to what's going on as you have. So it makes it very, very special. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not using the word special in a good way. Just, you know, that's the reason why I'm passionate. Well, that next question I have for you, pastor is, um, 
maybe a little bit more of a two part. I, I kind of see a couple different types of people when, when this has, this has happened. And when things like this happen, the first kind of person is, um, maybe the person that just says, you know, skirmishes have happened and things have happened over there and they continue to happen. And, oh, why should I pay attention to it? You know, what difference does it make? And then maybe another person is just all about it. They just want, you know, all the video and all the, mm-hmm. the news clippings and all the social media feed and everything like that. So I guess the first part is, is why should we pay attention to this? How, maybe how is this different? Why should we pay attention to this? And then the second part is if you're that, that kind of person that's just needs to be in the know all the time, I probably would fall into that category. Um, how much is, how much is too much? You know, what, what's a healthy level of being in the know for, for believers in this conflict? Yeah. A scripture that came to my mind just now, as you're talking about is that scripture where the apostle Paul says, I want you to be wise toward that, which is good and simple towards that, which Mm -hmm. is evil. And the word simple, the Greek word means unalloyed. It means you're not mixed. Uh, I think there's this, this is a wisdom thing. This really takes us back to the book of James. And uh, so I, I, just to the first, the front end of your question, I would say that if it happens in Israel, you should be interested because that's where, that's where our savior uh, left this earth. That's where he's returning. Mm-hmm. That's where all the prophecies are going to come to pass. And, and then, you know, it, it doesn't hurt when you have aircraft carriers and warships uh, from our own countries lining up right outside, right outside the waters. You've got Turkey uh, threatening to do this and you've got uh, Russia chiming in and uh, they're just, it's a geopolitical thing now. It's not just happening in Israel. It has world implications. Those are good reasons to pay attention to this, mm-hmm. at least generally so. Uh, to the second half of your question, you're right. I mean, we, you can become absolutely enamored. I'm, I'm, I'm more like you, although yeah. I, I, there's only, I, if there's one thing I, um, I can't take only a little bit of, and that is the, the persecution of infants yeah. and uh, uh, to the knowledge of it is one thing. Uh, the description of what they did and some of the pictures that some of us have seen mm-hmm. are uh, I just, I just about come, I just about come apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it takes that much for me, some people just can't take hardly any of it. If you're one of those individuals that is really, really, given to anxiety over these things. I think just knowing the general news, have good general news outlets, Jerusalem, uh, some of the news I'm trying to think of, uh, maybe, you know, some of them, what would you say would be a couple of general things that you could look at here and get the information you need without getting too detailed? Yeah. I, I, have paid attention to the IDF, uh, Israeli defense forces, yeah, um, yeah social media feed it seems to be it's it's more of the official you know you're not getting a bunch of hearsay and stuff like that but uh um i don't know that might not be a best question to ask me because i feel like i feel like a lot of the the most reliable port reporting on it um although you have to wade through a lot of things are going to come from cell phones and things like that you yeah. know, as opposed to news organizations or even governments uh you know unfortunately some of those to. phones are, are some of those uh, cameras were attached to the uh yeah. hamas uh, guns yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I think I, I, I did have somebody ask this question to me who works with our, our young, our young adult director yeah, asked me yeah. this question because young adults are so, uh, media crazed. They're all on TikTok, They're all on Instagram. They're all on, um, uh, you know, not so much YouTube, which, you know, would 
you know, would at least sanitize much, much of what's coming across. They're on stuff that doesn't get sanitized and they can just get, they just go crazy sometimes. It's a, a lot of it is just know yourself yeah, and then uh, be wise about the information you're taking in. Yeah. And I would almost say if you're going to take a dose of the news, make sure you take a bigger dose of the Psalms yeah, there you go. Or, or Proverbs or something yeah, to, to make go. sure to remind you that, um, you know, whatever you're seeing in the world we have a God who's in control and bigger than that. It's, it's good to remind yourself unless you get, uh, you know, lest you get overwhelmed with it. So Yeah, let's not, I mean, not trying to get uh, like a super spiritual all over, you know, yeah. but st- bottom line is I appreciate what you said. I mean, let's, you better be sitting before God before you sit before your yep. your phone and picking up all kinds of information that, get, that could emotionally derail you. That's good. Well, the text, of course, that you went through, Pastor, you mentioned it already was Zechariah 12, and uh, I'm sure that's a well-tread passage of Scripture for most people, don't you think? That's probably not, right? Well, are you being facetious? (laughs) Facetiously, right? I would hope so. Whoa, I mean, I don't know who's been treading on this thing. I have been for last week. It's not John 3.16, of course. No, it's not. No one's holding up Zechariah 12 behind the uh, the field goal (laughs) post, right? Uh, but that's where we were, and, and God led you there. And you pointed out how God refers to himself as pierced. So just to ask you, can you reiterate for our listeners what God is saying about himself in this passage and how this pertains uh, both to the Jewish people and also what it means for, for us? Well, as I mentioned in the message, it is one of the greatest prophetic passages. This This being written hundreds of years before Jesus even came, uh, referring to his crucifixion. I mean... Uh, you know, Jews, if you think about it, um, if a Jew was to put to death another Jew, uh, as the Old Testament prescribed, how would they die? How would they die? They would die by stoning. They oh, wouldn't yeah. be died. They, they don't get, they don't, they didn't pierce one another. Right. They didn't crucify one another. Romans crucified one another. So the question might be, yeah, Jew on Jew, why, why didn't they stone Jews? Because the Jews, while they lived in Jerusalem, they, didn't govern Jerusalem. They were under Roman law, and Romans executed people not by stoning, but by crucifying. So an example. And uh, so here, hundreds of years earlier, you have this prophet prophesying. Uh, the Lord actually, through the prophet, is saying they'll look upon me on on me whom they've pierced. Mm. Uh, so it's a double whammy. I mean, it's prophetic of crucifixion, and it's me. He. He, he, he says, you're, you're going to do this to me, and God is being pierced because Rome, uh, Zechariah 12, verse 1, it's the Lord. Uh, it's Yahweh speaking here. And so how do, you, how do you kill God? There's only one way to kill God, if God becomes a man. That's right. And, um, you know, this is, this is what's so precious to a Christian. I mean, some of us, who are conservative minded. We listen to podcasts like Dennis Prager and uh, Ben Shapiro. These guys are incredibly intelligent Jewish men. They're very conservative. They're enjoyable to listen to. The information that comes from them is, uh, I wouldn't call it impeccable, but it's really, really good. But pin either one of them down on Christianity and they're Christ deniers. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so, uh, any information you receive from them, realize it's 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 going to come up short. They, I don't know how they twist and turn a passage like this or Isaiah fifty three. Uh, if any of our listeners have not watched, uh, gone to YouTube and typed in John MacArthur, 
discussing Isaiah 53 with Ben Shapiro. Oh, yeah. You need to do that because no matter what your view of John MacArthur is, listener, uh, I'm guessing most of you have a positive view, but some of you might think he's kind of harsh. He take no prisoners kind of guy. You, you listen to that 45 minutes with him and Ben Shapiro. You will love John MacArthur. Mm -hmm. He speaks with love toward Ben Shapiro. He's basically expositing Isaiah 53 in front of Ben Shapiro. It is everything you're waiting for Ben Shapiro to get on his knees and call upon Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think it was after that, that he, he gave a very, uh, he was on a podcast with Joe Rogan. He just, he just basically, uh, poo pooed the gospel completely. Yeah. It was really sad. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, all that is to say, this is a distinctly Christian gospel text here. Mm. And it's, it's what came to my mind when I thought of Zechariah 12. But once I dived, I dove into it. It's like, oh, this is just too good <laughs> stuff. I mean, because it brings out the madness and such. And I think you probably want to go there too. But the answer to why people are the way they are in this yeah. world toward the Jew. So are you saying the gospel can be found in Old Testament texts? I am. You're saying? Yes. I am Amen. saying that. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus told us that. I mean, yeah. Matthew 24, when, you know, on the road to Emmaus with those two disciples after his resurrection, he it says he went through all he said, Moses and all the prophets mm -hmm. of the things pertaining to himself. I mean, what, I mean, that's powerful stuff right there. Yeah. I think so many believers, they, they, uh, exclude the old Testament so many times, you know, in, in terms of looking for the gospel as to the new Testament, but man, it's just chock full. It really is chock full. And I, I I'm working as we speak, I'm working on a Bible uh, reading uh, program that we won't just, we've, we've, We've assigned, or we're not assigned, but we've picked out programs in the past for our people to read through the Bible in a year in one way or another. But we're trying to put our creative, I'm, I've gotten some of our creative people together, and we're we're in the early stages of doing something that'll be really creative for 2024. But, you know, I don't know if we're going to just do the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, but or what we're going to do. Uh, but we don't want to exclude those precious prophecies of the Old Testament. That's for sure. Amen. Well, you mentioned that word uh, madness just a second ago, and you had brought that out in your in your uh, message as well. And uh, what is what is behind that madness? You know, people look at the the geopolitical landscape and they see uh, for years and years and years and years uh, countries coming against Israel. Yeah. And over and over and over, and we see, we've see we seen it in a lot of countries you brought out, Germany and, and Assyria and Babylon, over and over coming against the Jews and uh, with, with a madness, uh, a craziness about it. So what is, uh, what is behind that? And maybe speak to that for a moment. Well, as I mentioned um, uh, in the message, and I mentioned in our staff meeting earlier today, this was my personal big takeaway because... I have always felt that it was, it wasn't just a political thing. It can't be, mm -hmm. as I mentioned in the message, the very existence of the Jew is reason to believe in God. I mean, Amazing. they've been yeah. harried for 2000 years and didn't even have a home until the middle of last century. Yeah. And that was tenuous to this very moment. And just this morning, Paul, in my own Bible reading, I was, I was reading where, uh, where, uh, where Joshua is getting ready to die at the end of Joshua. And he's 
He's old, and he's reminding uh, the Israelites of all of their victories. And he says, "You remember, remember we defeated the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites, Hivites and the Jebusites. And I looked at, I looked at you and the other guys. Uh, do you know where any of these uh, nations are living? <laughs> where, where are these ethnicities? You know, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. They are gone. And uh, uh, the Jew has remained. God has faithfully kept his ethnic Jewish people together in one way, shape, or form. And now they have a homeland. And to your question, uh, Zachariah brings out, there is a madness, and it's that word that just basically means you're just furious. There's no human explanation behind it. And if you think about it, I just thought of this just now. Um, you know, I remember we had, I had an old guy at Holmes Baptist Church where I used to pastor. He, there, an old guy, George Peterson, used to say, you know, when anger comes in, the sense goes up. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. When you get angry, you don't think you don't think straight. Angry people do stupid things mm-hmm. all the time, and the stupidest thing they can do is kill people. And these people are furious. They're angry. It's there's no human reason. And then and they foam in it and they teach it. You know, I mean, I don't want to get it. This I'll just do one thing. I mean, you. I think you're aware of this. Do you realize that the radicalized form of Islam, they like Hamas. Do you know that they? They literally, I don't know this is happening in every home, but it's, they know that these people are teaching their kids how to, how to behead people by Mm. cutting off teddy bears heads. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's a mad, that's maddening. Mm -hmm. And you're putting that into the minds of children Mm -hmm. who grow up. And I read to you, Paul, uh, I will protect the identity of this individual, but uh, I know someone who uh, married a Muslim man many years ago, now divorced from him, mm-hmm. and um, she, uh, she was telling me that he told her when they were married that one of his goals in life was to be able to kill a Jew. Now, this was a man not from a radicalized Muslim country, I might add. He wasn't Hamas or Hezbollah. He wasn't ISIS or ISIL or whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. He was just a Muslim dude who hated Jews. Mm. And I think it's I think uh, it's 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 so uh, prevalent that and I I put that screenshot of where all these uh, Muslim countries are surrounding yeah. Israel. It's just tiny it's, red dot in the middle. It's just and and I had a lot of that was just like overwhelming. But you need to know it's I, the implication. Of course, is they're in a sea. It's not. It's true. They're in a right. sea of 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 Jew haters. But this goes beyond Islam, even though they're the common enemy, so to speak, to Judaism and Jews, particular. But this was this was happening in Russia. The the biggest immigration from Israel has come from Russia, and they were suffering all these pogroms that were taking place. These Russians were coming in, killing them, hurting them, beating on them. Uh, that was hap- that had no connection to Islam, uh, and of course, we all know the story of. Nazi Germany too, that had no. no connection to Islam. It just the white supremacy and Aryanism. Mm-hmm. So it just there is a there's an inbred hatred almost sewn into the DNA of man mm-hmm. against the Jew. Mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that our country, uh, as a as generally speaking, uh, has not uh, embraced that. Uh, and what is the what is the promise of God about supporting the Jewish nation or yeah. not? 
Yeah, well, God said to Abraham in, in Genesis 12, verse 3, those right. who curse you, I will curse those who bless you, I will bless those who curse you, I will curse. And as I mentioned in the message, uh, you you follow the history, you follow the timeline, and you just went, you know, you go right through it. You, you know, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Rome, uh, Germany, they're they're all second rate countries because of that. So yeah. uh, and they, you know, they they went down because they cursed. And I think the United States has been blessed. Mm-hmm. To that degree, I kept remember I, I focused to the degree I said that very distinctly, yeah. and I think uh, there's a real chance uh, that that is going in the opposite direction. It's very concerning to me. Mm-hmm. Well, there are those listeners out there, I'm sure, who want to maybe take a deeper dive into some of the prophetic things that you talked about, and um, of course, there's many more passages of scripture other than Zechariah 12 that that talk about um, end times and uh, you know eschatology. So what would, what would be some of the ones that maybe you would point to out of either Old Testament or New Testament, uh, what God says is, is coming and where can they start digging? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would say go to the most reliable sources that you have that we would ascribe to where you're going to get good, good eschatological outlooks, you know. But, I mean, just the Old Testament itself, I, we've already mentioned this one here in Zechariah 12, uh, you have uh, Micah five, which predicts the uh, predicts the coming of Jesus and his uh, his his birth, but you also have uh, Psalm twenty two, which is a very powerful Psalm twenty two describes the crucifixion from the cross's perspective. If you want to get the crucifixion from man's perspective, you read the gospel. If you want to get it from Jesus's perspective, read Psalm twenty two. Mm. Uh, and then if you just, just his whole life, his purpose, his coming, his suffering, his taking, taking upon himself uh, the burdens of our sin, that's Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. And, um, but those are, those are like the, those are the main hangers right there. Those right there. Those are the big, big prophetic, uh, passages of scripture that refer to very specifically to Jesus and his coming. There are over 300 prophecies in the old Testament. We can't hardly go through all of those. But uh, but we do have promises in the New Testament that he's coming again. Mm-hmm. The same. I love what happens when Jesus is ascending into heaven. Acts chapter one. Mm-hmm. They're all just staring. I mean, that's what we'd be doing. You know, Jesus <laughs> is going up. You know, and two angels appear. Remember that? And they 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 basically. What are you doing staring at him? And I'd like to have been there. What do you mean asking us? What are we doing staring? <laughs> what are you doing here? You know? Well, look. look this, this is not a normal G- day for us. Right? <laughs> This same Jesus who you see going up will come again in like manner. That wow, that's a pre- he's going to come again back to the earth. Yeah. And First uh, Thessalonians uh, four verses thirteen through seventeen. I love that passage. He says this very young church, all concerned about the fact that some of their brethren had died. Are they going to miss out on all this? And Paul says, No, that's not going to happen. If we, if we believe that Christ died and rose again, we just that's the most capsulized gospel reference in all the New Testament. If we believe Christ died and rose again, we believe those who have died in Him it will will come with Him mm-hmm. when He when He when He returns. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the clouds and we'll be with the Lord. So comfort one another with those words. Yeah, Comfort one another with those words. I love yep. that ending of that. Uh, maybe a little bit of a left field question for you, but I wanted to get your two cents on this. Uh, being a very uh, 
politicized culture as we are. And, uh, you know, if you have a differing opinion on a political view, then you're automatically the enemy and, you know, persona non grata for sure for a lot of people. Um, How do we as believers navigate some of these things? These hot button political things come up and people have uh, very differing views in our culture on these things. How do we how do we act as believers towards them on these very uh, controversial and, uh, you know, things that divide people? Well, I think you've kind of answered it. We're believers. If you're yeah. a true born again believer, you better remember who you are first. That's mm-hmm. who you are first. You're a believer. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You, you have come under the authority of Jesus and his word. That's your number one allegiance, not your political allegiance, not your political party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether you're a Republican or, you know, it's more popular these days, people in our circle to call themselves libertarian because they see so much, uh, you know, compromise on both sides. That's right. I don't really care what you want to call, call yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not opposed to politics. I think Christians should be in politics, but I think you better find your allegiance where it belongs and then make your, make sure your answers are truthful yeah. and, and, and leave the vindictive side, put it aside. You're not helping your cause. You're not. You're certainly not advancing the cause of Christ by taking a big, strong, uh, big stand, and uh, you know, using pejorative terms to mm-hmm. dis- to describe your your political uh, adversaries. It, that does that does not move the needle yeah. anywhere, other than make people angry with one another. Amen. Good word. We're going to wrap things up here in just a moment, but I did want to make mention that we were the passage of James. We were going to be in. Yeah. I I had mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast that. Uh, we're going through the book of James and, and the passage that we would have been in this past week before uh, pastor kind of changed the script there a little bit. Um, it says this, it says, do not be deceived. My beloved brothers, every good and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Mm-hmm. So uh, pastor, I wanted to, to ask you a couple things just as we wrap things up and in what ways should we be on the lookout for deception in what we are seeing going on um, with this conflict in particular. And then the second part there is, despite all the carnage and all the evil that we're seeing played out on our TVs and, and computers, is there any way for God to make this into a good and perfect gift to <laughs> Israel? Yeah, we, we love the sovereignty of God. We preach it, we believe it, that we're just, when we say that God is sovereign, we're saying he rules over all things. Mm-hmm. It's not like God is wringing his hands up in heaven going, oh, my goodness, when are they going to go in? When are they going to go in? I mean, <laughs> President Biden's going over there right now. If they go in now, well, he's not worried about that kind of stuff. He's got a plan. He's working all that out. And this passage, by the way, um, that I didn't preach on, uh, you know, I, I, regret it in, I regret not doing so for this one reason. I love the immutability of God. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he never changes. Malachi change. 3, 6, I am the Lord, I do not change. And I, I've always said, I think it was Spurgeon who said, I'm glad the Lord doesn't change his mind about me because he had he's had an opportunity to do so many times. <laughs> and I think that's true of myself and all of us who know him. I love that. And it is something to embrace. As to being deceived, I think it comes back to what we said before. If you're If you're a follower of Jesus Christ... If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, become one. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. If you are not, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, stay. It, the, the, this is all the more reason to stay uh, uh, tethered to the Word of God. So don't get off. I mean, this you spend more time with God in prayer and in His Word, and that will keep you from being deceived. 
uh, was Psalm 119 uh, and uh, verse 104 say, through your precepts, I get understanding. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I hate every false, false way. way. So yeah. know the truth. You'll discern what is deception. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we're about to wrap up here, Pastor. I just want to give you the floor. If there's anything else you'd like to let our listeners know, uh, and we'll we'll wrap up for today. I think what I'd like to do is re-quote, um, at least paraphrase, Jesus's words in Luke 21 and verse 28, where he says, when he kind of wrapped up that whole prophetic uh, passage in Luke 21, it's a parallel to Matthew 24, where he says, when you... When, when all of these things begin to take place, mm -hmm. straighten up and lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing near. Remember that. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Tanner, for producing today. And thank you all for, uh, for joining us today to, uh, to listen what what God has laid on Pastor's heart. And uh, we love you. Uh, Jesus loves you. Um, we're all about the gospel here at Sailorville. We want you to, to know Jesus through the power of that gospel. And uh, if, if we can help you in any way towards that end, we'd love to. So have a, have a great day. We'll talk to you later.